Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hindriokum! Tales with GR, episode 188B. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr., and I am exhausted. In a good way, though. Lots of great messages, lots of fun requests. I've done uh, some podcasts that I listened to that I never th- thought I'd be a guest on. Thank you for that. I uh, just got off with Riley Cote. And Derek Nasty, yeah, it's Settlemeyer. I always thought it was Stottlemeyer. I heard of Derek Nasty Settlemeyer. He's uh, used to be an equipment guy with um, the Philly Phantoms and the Flyers. And him and Riley have a podcast called the Nasty Knuckles Podcast. But, um, so I'm just realizing now that it's Settlemeyer, not Stottlemeyer. <laughs> I thought that for the better part of two decades. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. To uh, to go on there and uh, Jr. Jeremy Roenick's pod um, was awesome. What what is it again? Oh, snipes and stars, snipes and <laughs> snipes and stars, is it? Oh, stars and snipes. Yes, and Tim Peel. That was awesome. I don't I don't want to go down the list of every single one I've been on, but uh, they they were a lot of fun, and uh, some people I look up to. Uh, so it was great to share hockey stories with some people who are great storytellers. Boy, man. Say what you want about Pierre Maguire. I, I've always gotten along with him, but uh, he, uh, he's he got a lot of great stories, man. I went on his pod, and um, him and Jimmy Murphy, an old acquaintance, and um, on the sick podcast, and it was... Uh, deadly like Pierre has so many stories like you know I guess it's the way the generations go after the game I was telling the growlers some stories and they were throwing some back and we had a great exchange uh, well into the night and um, but one thing is I, I noticed is like you know it's it's similar that the, the, the eras might change and the culture might change a little bit might get tweaked um, the music in the room might you know tweak a little bit over years, there might be equipment might change the rules. You know, there's things that definitely change. I mean, 
Everything changes, though, right? Nothing stays the same. People that say, I want it like it was old school. Okay, when? In the 20s, when you couldn't pass the puck forward? In the 30s, where apparently shot was a slap shot from the, from the slot? Right? The 50s or 60s, where they wore no helmet? There was only six teams? Right? So there's always been reason for someone who was you know, getting older, I don't just mean my age, it could be 80, it could be my age, it could be 20, talking about, you know, the era when you were 5 to 10 years old. You still, so you can always look back in the past and romanticize the era that you came through or you played or you, you preferred because you experienced it, which, you know, sometimes it has some truth to it, sometimes it doesn't. But when you tell stories in a hockey dressing room, it doesn't matter if it's my dad, me, or one of those growlers, or someone that's going in, in, in junior right now. A lot of it is relative. They understand because time has gone by, but the game, the essence of it stays the same. So I enjoy, you know, passing off some stories with, uh, with a lot of these hosts, players. And you don't just have to be a player. Lots of my good friends in the media world are, uh, you know, they study the game. They might have a stick in their hands. But they're uh, very knowledgeable, and uh, that's why I've always hated the argument that you get. I might be somewhere with somebody at a bar, and we're at happy hour, and we might be discussing a topic. And someone might say, well, Terry, you're right because you played. But not necessarily, though. What if, if I was there with two or three other hockey players, we wouldn't agree on everything. So that, autom that argument automatically doesn't really float, right? Because if us as hockey players don't agree on everything, then that shouldn't be the standard to win an argument. Because you see what I'm saying? Because if one of us is wrong now or of a different opinion, then we could also be when we're talking with someone that never put on a skate in their life. Hell, I often am. I'm not in the business of predicting, but on Jason Greger's show on Monday and Thursdays, um, Sports 1440 Edmonton, uh, which I co-host, you know, I often got to predict what's going to happen and give my opinion on the game. Now, I think my opinion on the game, it, it does carry weight that I played, right? And I can tell you from personal experience certain things, but it comes like opinion on who's going to win or a particular rule or, um, you know, a player's habits or whatever, I might be able to give some real important information. I might be able to bring that to the table. And sometimes it'll probably be, oh, I see. Like if it's black and white, like, I don't know why I had to use wrist guards the other night. I remember that. I, I never had to use those, but the league provides them now. The growlers, when I went in, I have to have, I had to have these wrist guards that make sense, but I never wear them. And back in the day, I remember getting slashed there a lot, so I used to tape up around my wrists. Now they have those guards, so it's black and white. Why do they have them? Well, they have them because there's injuries and it protects you a little bit, especially with a skate, right? Get your jugular vein there, right? I can totally see it. That's a black and white answer. Um, why the Maple Leafs haven't been successful into the third round of the playoffs? That's opinion. And 
I'd like to add to the conversation and be part of it, but I never think that I'm automatically going to win it or winning a conversation doesn't really happen. Um, I, I never think I'm going to like win a debate and throw the mic down because of an opinion I have on hockey. I like it. It's inclusive and anybody can have an opinion. And uh, anyway, that's in why I enjoy doing these uh, media hits. And talking to people like I will at the NHL All-Star game. Boom. I love that door opening. Not that I'm an NHL All-Star, but I'm going to do some events with the alumni. I'm going to bring my my dad up. So if you're a fan of this program or uh, Shorzy or whatever, or, or, or the Canadians, or you just want to have a chat, that's when to do it, folks. We'll be in and around all the festivities at NHL All-Star Weekend, uh, February. We'll be there the 1st to the 4th. The game's on the uh, 3rd. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, I'm going to have Riley Cote on here today, guys. And I'm going to, because it's the end of a week that's been great for many reasons that you probably could guess. Um, it's, it's also been a real tiring taxing week. Um, I officially, at the end of tonight, I will have gotten back to every message. And that was like, I, I didn't really count. Like I said, last time there was 431 texts. Those are people that had my number and I couldn't see the bottom of Facebook or, or Instagram. So I'm thinking at least a thousand something. And, um, I'm almost at the end, and uh, I appre- I know a lot of them are you guys who I'm speaking to right now, right? So if, uh, if it took me a while to get back to you or I merely just liked something, if you put your heart into a message and I just went like, just know that I, I saw it. And for the time being, please don't get back to me. Please, please don't because – one thing that was happening is like I was getting back to people. Hey, man, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. But then they get back to me and say, no, seriously, man. And I get it because normally that would be an easy thing, just having a conversation. But when I'm trying to get the messages over with and people keep getting back to me, I was like going to bed with more messages than I woke up with. Anyway, certainly not a bad problem to have. Just uh, for right now, don't message me. And then I'm guessing all this is going to subside. Um, and you know, if not, well, I'll, I'll be done. My message is checking them at, le- at least by tomorrow, if not tonight. And, um, I'm thinking anyway, and, uh, you know, then next week I just want to breathe. I've got a few other media requests. I've spaced them out Now this week. I've just been going boom, 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 you know? But I've spaced them out a bit next week. I'm in Banff next Thursday, Friday, Saturday to give a speech. Uh, I believe it's at the Banff Springs. Is that one of the hotels there? So keep, keep stay tuned if you're out that way. But I'm going to take next week and spend a few days with my daughter, with um, my parents, my friends. And uh, I'm going to do maybe, I think I've already got it worked out, like a brief media thing a day or two. I'm going to do my own podcast and just take some time to breathe again. And then uh, really kind of organize my next few months. I've got some awesome opportunities, and I'm really excited about that. One of them is giving a speech, I think it's in Halifax, with Carrie Price. So Carrie Price, 
took the exact same route to Montreal that I did. He went Cornell Millionaires, Tri-City Americans, Montreal Canadiens. There's nobody else that did that. Not one person that did that exact route in a row. Sheldon Surrey played on all three teams, but you know there was a big gaps in between. So I guess three of us though have done it, but me and Carrie were right in a row. Cornell, Tri-City, Montreal. Of course, my stay was a little briefer than Carrie's. But anyway, I'm sure it'll be a nice conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, okay. People have been asking me about books, and normally I have some here and to, to sign and send out, but I don't have time to go to the post office and everything. So if you can, just go to flankerpress.com or ecwpress.com. And if you order a book, say you want me to sign it. And they'll send it to me, and I'll sign it, and it'll get out to you. Um, if you merely want to just sign my name, Flanker has a lot on hand, and I think ECW too, do as well. But if you need me to personalize it, then just uh, just add a note, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, before I move on to Riley, who's coming any second, I just want to once again thank everybody, the Growlers, coaching staff, and players, and everybody that came out and followed along. My relatives, my friends. Uh, I'll say it one last time. It was so unique. Uh, it was so fun to have that kind of energy. You can tell now I'm on the other side of it. Yeah. Can't keep myself awake because all that pent up energy and emotion and positive, even if it's positive, um, it'll wear you out. But uh, it's my favorite way to be worn out with this kind of news, you know? Anyway, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but uh, it was one of the best. No, it wasn't. It was the best experience of my life outside of the cliche stuff, like your kid. And, uh, you know, moments with your family, I, I know, kind of transcend that. But of all the sports moments, say, or human moments that I remember that didn't have to do with some wedding or funeral or birth, right? That right there was just cat's ass and uh i'm uh i'm gonna be announcing where i'm going on the weekends this weekend it's banff of course right then it's all nhl all-star weekend the weekend after that i'll be in orlando the weekend after that i'll be in brockville february 16th to the 18th the weekend after that i'll be in fort st john bc february 23rd to the 25th and then i start to lose track but either the next weekend or the weekend after that i'll be in binghamton Hockey helps cancer, and then uh, at some point in March, we're going to go to Chicago as a Shorzy cast. And I, at least a few of us, I believe, I, I don't really know all the details, but they did reach out and ask me to go down. And I'm led to believe it's not just me. And I think it'll be like maybe dropping a puck or something, but whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm excited. Um, and we're going to have Riley Cote on now in a minute. He's just going to explain a little bit about what he's into. He's into psychedelic therapy with mushrooms, of course, mostly, I guess. I can't put words in his mouth, but I took his advice. I've had him on my podcast, and it was years ago. It was like three years ago, and uh, I was pretty intrigued, and I do microdose mushrooms here and there now um, on, on his advice and his stories, and I respect that guy for a lot of reasons. And if he wasn't even connected to that, check him out. You like hockey fights? You like listening to this podcast? You're a fan of blue-collar hockey? Here's a guy who played for the Phantoms, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Phantoms, Philadelphia Flyers. Um, 
Western League guy, fucking tough as nails, and also very articulate and uh, open-minded. He's a very interesting guest. I wish I could have him for an hour, but today we're going to ask him a few questions and really get to uh, the essence of what makes Riley Riley and what he's up to now. So uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to go get a water, and I'm going to come right back with Riley Cote. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over-under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And here we go, folks. We're back with former NHLer, pro athlete, current entrepreneur, philanthropist, podcast host, Riley Cote. How you doing, Riley? Doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. Good to see you. No sweat. So for those that don't know, here's 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 how we're going to start. I, I've already explained. I've had a long week, but I want you on because I think certain things that you're involved in now are very important. Now, people, I usually do with my guests, as you know, first time they're on, I have a, 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 I like to go through their careers chron- chronologically. Now, we've already done that. It was actually October 3rd in 2020. So it was episode 32. I didn't realize almost three wow. and a half years ago. Crazy how time That's fucking crazy. flies like that. So if you want to hear that, it's a very interesting story with lots of nice hockey tales. And we touched on some things that we're going to touch on here now, but it was, um, yeah, it's episode 32. So one of the things I got some questions here for you, some, uh, you know, some light fodder that some people wanted to know some listeners of the show when they found out I was having you on. But the first thing I don't want to run out of time without talking about the psychedelic therapy that you're involved in. And I know there's a lot of branches of this. And with you, you've experienced it. You've invested part of your life, a big part into it. And you're very passionate about it. People talk about the passion I had for the game of hockey the other day. That was on display. You're a passionate player as well, as well as with your new adventure. Tell us about your involvement in psychedelic therapy. Yeah, well, it's, uh, geez, where do I begin? Um, Maybe going back to 2010 when I retired from playing hockey. Yeah. Was dealing with a host of f- physical ailments, concussion-related issues, substance abuse issues, 
Um, and I had a relationship with both cannabis and, and, and psilocybin mushrooms specifically, you know, recreational festivals, you know, the party scene, right? But misunderstanding, uh, no real mindfulness in it, no real intention behind it. But when I retired, I, I made a decision to 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 own my own shit, you know, to dig myself out of the hole yeah. that I dug myself into, right? And own it, right? It wasn't just getting punched in the face for a living, but it was also all the extracurricular activities that I was engaged in and, 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 and account and being accountable for how it was affecting my mental health and, and emotional health and spiritual health. So, um, I had read a book, uh, called hemp for health around cannabis. And it was at the time, uh, highlighting the different cannabinoids, uh, the, just the, 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 the viable industrial hemp plant building materials, the whole bit, but I started to understand cannabis, uh, the science, the su- surface level science of, of cannabis and some of these cannabinoids okay. as it pertains to healing the brain, neuroregeneration, um, just brain health in general and uh, CBD specifically and that one. And that led me down to another rabbit hole of reading and understanding psilocybin and, and, and its effect on not just brain health, and mental health, but more importantly, which I had no relationship with, was my emotional well-being, my emotional intelligence, and and really and really understanding the spiritual nature of of this existence. Um, and and that that opened up this this world of healing and understanding the, and and acceptance uh, and, and compassion for my situation, uh, kind of shedding the old skin. It helped me really. Um, let go of who I thought Riley Cote was, you know, the hockey player, the enforcer, right? It was helping me shed that skin and evolve into the, the true me, I guess you could say, right? The, yeah. the the essence of who I really was, which is, you know, you take away my name and my job and all that other stuff. It was, you know, right down to the core, right? And it helped yeah. me just kind of reinvent myself, find myself, heal myself. And then and, and therefore, it's kind of like the analogy of putting the mask on on the plane before you help someone else. So you got to save yourself before you start, you know, doing the work and being of service to the community. So it's been an amazing catalyst. So what, what I, I will say it's helped me do um, is find the yoga mat, find the meditation cushion, because you have a people in certain camps saying, well, you don't need psychedelics to help you to get to these places. And I agree with that. You don't. But they're, they're amazing catalysts for people that are really struggling to help make sense of the, you know, the crises they're, they're in and help yeah. them self-reflect and therefore be able to find these practices that are within us already. Um, and that's really where the work begins, the practice, right? And uh, it's been an amazing ride, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, ever, it's, it's, it's ongoing, right? We don't ever come to a, yeah. a space and time where we're saying, oh, I'm, I'm done healing and we're good, you know, because there's always adversity, there's always shit to work through um life is complicated as you know um and um but but life can be more enjoyable you know it could be a lot more gentle it could be a lot less suffering you know it's like you know the essence of buddhism you know it's it's transcending pain and suffering into joy and happiness and it's actually a thing you can believe it or not do this on this planet you know you don't have to wait till we die and go to heaven for this to happen i think the the psychedelics really brings such a concentrated awareness around just the, the things that we take for granted, you know, and, and how hard we make life sometimes. Like we become our own worst enemy, right? And I think it's, yeah. once you get out of the way, it's amazing how uh, how life can be 
so much more enjoyable, right? It's just yeah, more fulfilling. More fulfilling, yeah, exactly. So um, that's that, words in your mouth, just because. Here's the thing, man. So when we spoke back then, and I had, I I had experimented with micro, but not really a lot. And and my experience with mushrooms, like the first few times, I didn't do them for like 15 years because I freaked myself out. Right. Same thing. I'm at mm -hmm. a party and people are going, "Come on!" And I was actually on the St. John's Maple Leafs. I don't want to sell anybody out, but there was a few of us, 99, 2000, that did them. I did them for the first time. And it was in a party atmosphere, and that's the last thing. I remember going, I'm never going to touch this again. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times, maybe more, but it really for, for a long time, I didn't really touch much of it. Now, I was aware what you were doing. I can't believe it's three and a half years ago now. But since, and I've always, I've always like there's things... You know, I, I would read about meditating. I, I'm not religious, but I get like the Buddha that, that, that we're, we're, we're all connected in life and energy. I'm not saying I'm not spiritual. When I say that, people think I'm atheist or something, and that's not the case. I just find it hard to put all my belief in the like a story like Noah's Ark. Hmm. Like I, I, I hate to put it all in there when it's a real leap of faith. There's a lot in between. And, I, I you know, you can still be spiritual and believe that there's something higher and there's positive energy that I can't really explain out there, but here's it. So after you, I started once in a while and, and now I, I get them. Like I get it. And I take real microdose once in a while. I take a 250 milligrams, maybe 500 sometimes in the morning though, like with coffee. Yeah. Like, what? I'm like, no, no, if I got to write or I got to do this um, or be creative and not always only that sometimes it's just clarity. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do it often. And you know what ended up being? I couldn't find, and I'm into like the Beatles and George Harrison when he went to see the Maharishi and they all did. And, and you told me about ayahuasca and everything. So I was kind of looking for that. You know, I was like getting on the mat, doing the thing. And then I found, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it didn't help a little bit, but for me, everybody's different, okay? Mm -hmm. For me, I sit or, or lay in, in a, so that I won't fall asleep. You know, if you lay on your back, you're fussy. So I put myself in some situation that's comfortable, but I'm not going to nod off. Mm -hmm. And I take some. And usually, like I said, that that much, maybe, maybe three quarters of a gram. And I'll listen to music. It's often the Beatles. doesn't have to be. Again, I'm connected to that. But, but it might be, I don't know, it might be... Uh, it, 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 just a, a soundtrack. It might be waves. It, it, it's usually music. It usually takes me back there. Mm -hmm. And at first, I'm like, I'm doing this wrong. But then I thought, hold on. If this is what I like, and if this is what puts me in that mood, and that's what's addictive, I don't mean the mushroom part of it. I mean that I was really, if you can't tell, I get nervous energy, right? That it, it, so I would do that, and I would listen to music of some sort. I, f I found I love a band, Mazzy Star. They're great for that, and it puts me right there without putting it. And now I'm relaxed, brings me down here. Okay, and if I got to write a chapter or something, I might do 30, 45 minutes of that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a little bit more clear. It might be anything, but I find it really helps. It's therapeutic in getting my nervous energy harnessed the right way. Mm. So. That's number one. So you really did rub off in ways that you wouldn't believe. Now, here's number two. You mentioned the whole ayahuasca experience. Now, I like this experience that I've repeated over and over. So, And sometimes I go out and take them 
and I'll have like a couple of beers, but it, I, I don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. So I find my alcohol consumption is way down, mm-hmm. way down. You might see me at chiclets or something with a beer, in my, but I think Biz brought it up and I can, and Kenny was like, you were on the mushrooms, weren't you? Because, <laughs> but I do it. I do. I often go out now and have like a pint or two, mm-hmm. take some mushrooms. I'm in a great mood, especially yeah. if it's a live band. I like watching live music. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's better. I'm not sloppy. I don't have a hangover. But here's what I'm afraid to make this leap. You brought up ayahuasca. And I'm guessing, I think, I don't remember exact, but it, it left an impression on me. You know, doing the whole like going into the environment, like maybe a cabin in the woods or in your case, I think you were saying you were really going into like jungle areas. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I remember that. Yep. And, and really going through the ayahuasca experience. Now, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do a hero dose of mushrooms. Uh, uh, but if if you're, I guess, what can you tell me about that? Do I have reason to be afraid? Well, I think the fear is normal. It's the fear of the unknown, right? It's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a normal fear to have. I don't know anybody that's ever gone into these spaces that hasn't had some level of anxiety. It's kind of like playing a hockey game, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't know how it's going to play out, um, but it's an experience, you know, you know, and in these cases, like these, these larger dose mushroom um, journeys or ayahuasca or ibogaine or, you know, 5-MeO-DMT for that matter, you're going into essentially a, a dream state of some sort, right? And, and it's like, it's uncharted territory. So naturally that fear response would, would be there. Um, but I can say, I could say, um, from experience, my own personal experience and working with these medicines is they, they're, they're extremely safe, even, even though the experience themselves can sometimes feel a little hairy where you think that you, you might maybe dying, you might have some sort of ego death where you're, you're, you're literally, you're, you're, I want you're separating from your, your actual, what you would consider your identity, you know? So they say an ego dissolution. So all of a sudden you're, you know, you talk about the spiritual element of life. Like you really understand that we are spiritual beings living a physical existence. So there's a separation of who you think you are and, 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 and this intelligent conscious energy system telling you, well, you, 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 the source of you is love. It is pure divine love. And, you know, starting from that and then working outwards because all the spiritual and religious texts talk about it. So I may, maybe rambling a little, going a little off here, but no, no, there really is, there really is nothing to fear. Um, however, telling someone that is easier, you know, is easy, but it's just one of those things that on the other side of fear is so much space and so much, um, clarity and, um, you know, compassion and all these, you know, these, these big words that, you know, are powerful and, and, and sacred. But, um, I think what you're feeling is what most people feel. Um, but, uh, I will say that everyone that I've worked with, with these medicines, has found a new perspective on the back end of it. We, you know, we always we only see this world through this this lens of our programming. It's it's the way we were brought up. It was the schools. Yeah. It was you know this 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 program or several layers of programming. And these medicines help strip away the programming because the programs aren't real, right? It's what we inter- how we interpret the world. So it's just breaks down these walls, and then all of a sudden you're able to see it with this very clear clear lens. Um, and, uh, and uh, with a lens of understanding and acceptance, because you realize that, you know, the, the yin and the yang, the good and the evil, like we all got, we all got 
both parts of it, right? The world is filled yeah. with both of it. And it's, a, it's an acceptance for, you know, our past and forgiveness. And then when you're, there's acceptance, forgiveness, and compassion, there's space. There's this, there's this, uh, there's this, yeah, I say the word space because I think that's the, way, the best word to describe it of, 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 uh, of an ability to move forward without any friction or, or with less friction and less resistance to the world. Because like I said earlier, like we become our own worst enemies, right? And it's like, our, it's our thinking, it's our thoughts. And this is all, again, all going back to the spiritual teachings, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, shamanism. I mean, the core of it is even, even Jesus said in Christianity, it's, you know, we are essentially a byproduct of our thoughts, right? We are what we think. As you yeah. think, so you become. And then, you know, you look around you and every knickknack or phones, like anything, everything starts with an idea, a thought. And that's in the physical world, but it also on the, on the emotional and spiritual realm, like, think about it like you can think of like the best moment from last week and you know from you know in your experience the joy and the happiness in it and you could also think of the the worst thing the worst day of your life and how your emotional body responds like you almost your body gets like weakened it gets like the vibration of it gets lowered yeah. and um so you taking that and and applying these lessons to the real world is like we all we all we are is is an accumulation of thoughts and I, I bring up the emotional piece because we are emotional beings. Like we, we, traditionally we would, we'd go off feeling, right? And we actually have more of a receptors in our heart than we do in our brain. So we'd feel before we'd think we live in a culture now where it's all, it's all the mind, right? We just, we distract the mind and we intellectualize everything. And we're trying to think our way out of this. But what I'm realizing um, is that, you know, between studying yoga and practicing yoga and teaching yoga, it's getting out of the mind and back into the spiritual heart. The spiritual, the spiritual uh, medicines, sacred earth medicines like ayahuasca and, and psilocybin mushrooms, they're doing the exact same thing. They're helping you get out of the thinking mind and back into the spiritual heart, which is feeling. And we grew up in a culture that we don't talk about our emotions, right? In a culture, yeah. not just in home, at home, but in, in the locker room. You know, you never show weakness. You would never talk about your feelings. And that was just like suppress, suppress, suppress those, those emotions, those feelings. And, and now I'm like on the other side of the camp, like part of like how I've got to where I am today is being vulnerable and just like sharing my story and talking about my feelings and talking about like the struggles and, and, and all that good stuff. Because what it's helping well, me do is just a little bit, is there therapy behind it? But it's once you're vulnerable, it, it almost allows people now feel like they're allowed or some, some version of that to be a little bit more emotionally intelligent or yeah. vulnerable. Um, but it really, the, the biggest part of these medicines is it, it helps you get back into feeling like going back to, you know, what's right or wrong, you know, you know, it's like, but we've like abandoned this feeling and we just go like to the mind, let the mind start directing us. So um, a little bit of a tangent there, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just bringing all these pieces back into alignment. Like we are what we think. And once we can start controlling our thinking, we can start controlling our self-talk. Like, how are we talking to ourselves? Like, do we? Is it the same way we talk to our children? Like, is there any compassion to ourselves? And then, then just just continue to, to build outwards because our emotional body is everything. If we if we can continue to have low vibrational thinking, low vibrational frequencies in our bodies, that just generally leads to disease and decay. We're going to get sick. Versus the opposite, we talked about this earlier, the positivity, 
high vibes, like all these, you know, the Rastafarians. I spent a lot of time down in Jamaica doing work and 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 and, and spending time with the the indigenous Rastafarian people. Bob Marley was all about raising vibration through music, through positivity, right? I mean, he was a prophet. Um, and, 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 and he's not the only one that's ever been doing this. Jesus was a prophet. I mean, there are all these guys who are saying the same thing. And it begins up here. It's, it's, it's affecting the spiritual heart, the emotional body, and therefore creating wellness. You know, wellness isn't just like working out and looking good in a shirt. You know, there's mental wellness, but, you know, what, 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 what transcends mental wellness is, 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 you know, the next piece of that is, is the, the emotional and spiritual wellness because feeling is everything. I mean, life is supposed to be enjoyable. There's supposed to be happiness. You know, it's a, there's supposed to be play and creativity. And I see you doing it. You have fun. You, you, you play, you create, we are creators. You can't create when you're in a, in a state of anxiety and depression, right? You can only create. And then when you talk about the microdosing, it helps you come back to the present moment. That is the practice in the art of meditation, being meditative. It is being present in that moment because the past is gone. And some would argue that tomorrow never, you know, the, the next moment never comes because it only is the present moment. And yeah. that's what we create. We're, we're co-creators with, you know, whatever you want, whatever term you want to call in this higher intelligent conscious energy. Um, we are co-creators. And that is our job on this planet is to create and, and be of service and, and raise vibration and consciousness. And these medicines help do that. Now, that's incredibly well said, and I appreciate it because I know you've been asked this a thousand times, and it might sound repetitive to you, but each and every, if this helps one person, and I think it's going to help more than that, and uh, inform loads, um, there's many layers to what you're saying, so I appreciate it. Now, look, I'm, I'm astounded by it, and I'm curious, do, do you think that at the, the, at, there will be a point that this will be in National Hockey League dressing rooms as an option for people? Um, geez, I mean, if, if you asked me about cannabis being in an NHL locker room, you know, 20 years ago, I would have said absolutely not. And you look at the, the amount of CBD products that are entering the locker room, whether they're... I know, I can't, I, I, I only ask because I'm astounded. You would have, I would have said no fucking way in my lifetime. Sorry to cut you off, but that was my biggest thing. Now I'm thinking, and now that I know, Riley, sorry to cut you off, mm -hmm. but now that I know, like if I had even known this when I was playing, then... Yeah. I, I definitely would have delved. I, I would have educated myself. I know I would have been a better prepared for the world and for all that anxiety that comes with, pre and, and all that energy. Not always anxiety, but all that energy that's going on. Like you said, finding yourself—it's hard to do when you're going through. And everybody's telling you, right? And everybody wants something. Everybody's and telling you something. And everything you do is scrutinized on TV and everything else. It's hard to 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 get there. So I think it would really help some people um, yeah. a lot. And so next, the separation of ego, I'm really fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I want to experience that, okay? Where, and what you're talking about is like heavy duty stuff that requires a lot of depth or a lot of explaining like, like you're doing. And, and, and you've, I think, articulated that better than anybody I know on the planet could articulate that back to me. And I think you're making people understand so what would be the best route for people that are interested? Because it certainly wouldn't be go out, stand outside the bar, buy, buy a bag of mushrooms and do them while you're sitting on the side of a, I don't know, mountain or wherever, even though it might seem like a good idea. But there is a, a safe, not that that's not, but there, there's a safer, there's a, 
controlled way to do this, but where do they happen? Where does it exist? Where can people find help? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a cha- challenging landscape, right? Because of just the the, the, the legal implications, right? I mean, it's still, well, in U.S. Schedule 1, I don't know what they what they call it in Canada, but you know, it's still, it's still illegal. Right. So you have different countries. That's why we do all of our, a lot of our work in Jamaica. We're going to branch out into the British Virgin islands because it's legal and unregulated. Um, you got Oregon in the U S now that has a legal program, Colorado rolling out a legal program. And this is more in the clinical setting. So it's not like cannabis where you can walk into a dispensary and buy a bag of mushrooms, at least not yet you might get there. Um, so it's more in this clinical settings through really through a psychotherapist, um, so I would say, you know, explore some legal avenues and I understand like, you know, the cost and the resources going into traveling to another country, another state isn't in, in the cards for, for most people, but there is a lot of, um, you know, community work going on, if you will, like finding some, like some, you know, some, some, I say elders or some leaders in the community that there's a lot, you know, a lot of people working with these medicines and, um, yeah, I, I will say, However you engage with them, you know, there's, I'm a huge, huge believer in, in, in going into this with the proper intention, the proper mindset, they say set and setting, which is essentially the mindset going into it. And then the setting you create for yourself, the environment, and you're, you're talking about your experience with it, you know, with drinking and, you know, you never did it for 15 years because you had a bad experience or whatever. I think a lot of people have had those experiences, including myself. And it's really, it's the environment that you've created for yourself. It's too much distractions. It's too much noise. It's too, oh, yeah. it's too much negative energy um, stimuli. We need to be, you know, like the idea is to really approach this like meditation. You're, you're sitting with yourself. You're, you're essentially listening to the universe. You're, like, you're just, you're sitting, you're just being the observer and it's, it's, it's coming in. So the, when you can remove distractions, you can listen a lot more clearly and, you know, yes. right, obviously. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would say however this looks for you is just is just finding trusted, safe, supporting people and, you know, and, and having a nicely curated environment where you can fully surrender and open your heart and, 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 and just be. Because it's hard for people to just be like we're human beings, you know, we've become human doings or we're like robots, right? I mean, so to, to just sit and be without having to worry about, you know, your buddy b- kicking down the door, you know, and whatever else, you know. So, um, but I, 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 you know, I'm obviously um, an advocate for, for, for legal, um, you know, psychedelic use because I think it's, it's the proper way. It's the safest way. I understand a lot of people are in jams and they want to. Um, explore and you know if, if they plan on doing that find someone they trust to sit and hold space for them you know yeah. so you know so so everything can be you know the the, the best the, the best outcome possible but it's a challenging it's it's challenging because people need healing like the world needs healing bad and and, and obviously the squeeze of legislation and, and the way the laws are certainly not helping you know, humans uh at least not enough right now. So, um, so there's actually, and I, I'm telling you, since I talked to you, I've done research. I mean, it affected me in a huge way, and I didn't realize there's a book. God, I should have been lazy. I don't want to waste your time now, but it's. I think his name is Brian Marescu, or it oh, sounds yeah. like. That. Yeah, the you know what I'm talking about immortality key. That's it. I'm and I couldn't believe in, in history, there's been so, like, I have a folklore degree, took a lot arts degree, so I took like seven history courses. You know, I grew up Catholic, 
you know, knowing the Bible and all that. And, and I can't believe how much I didn't notice that he made obvious. He's like, this goes back way back. It, 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 it's almost was a, a part of our existence in human consciousness since close to the beginning of what we know as human beings. And, you know, right back like thousands and ten thousands a year. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. You know, a lot in hieroglyphics and, you know, it, it turns up. It's just that people kind of choose to ignore it. So that. The Immortality Key, it's the exact book. I read that twice. Pre-religion. Pre I mean, you think about like the history of this stuff, yes. right? I mean, it was almost like it was such a threat to the church. They had to create the church, you know? It's yes. like, it's like, <laughs> you know, I say spiritually booby-trapping because, you, you know, I, I, what I've learned is the system does a good job at separating man from God, right? It's like you got to, exactly. we, we, we can't, we can't connect directly to source. We got to go through man or a machine or something, right? So yeah, that's crazy, you know. Like, yeah, the the Kukion, I think, is it was the brew that he talks about in that. Which yeah, he talks about it. Yeah. Essentially, I think, I, I think it was alcohol based. I think it was some you know version of beer or wine. The spirit, you know, spirit in it. They would you know they would infuse it with ergot, which was you exactly know right. a, a fungi that grows on wheat or or, or grain, barley, and stuff yep. like that. And then there was probably some other stuff mixed in there. So it was this concoction they would drink it and you know raising consciousness connecting to the divine you know exactly. uh, without having to go into a you know, essentially a, a church or a temple um if you will right and the native americans knew i mean every every culture on the planet knew this i mean you go down to you go down to you know south america and, and you know these indigenous people have been using ayahuasca forever right it's like it's like and, and and then when you hear yeah. them talk about how they figure this out, they'll tell you the plants told them it's, it's like this wicked looking ayahuasca vine and this other tracuna plant that has the DMT. And together, you know, one's DMT on its own. It wouldn't cross the blood brain barrier. You mix the ayahuasca vine with it. All of a sudden it's an MAO inhibitor and it allows the DMT to cross the blood brain barrier, making it this like super profound visionary type of experience. Right. And then, it goes on, you know, the psilocybin mushrooms grow, you know, they grow on every continent of the planet. I mean, the, yeah. the Siberian shamans were using them. So were the, you know, the, the Mayans and, you know, so were the Chinese. And like you go across the planet, everyone was using these, you know, colonialism, you separate, you know, you, you take away our history. You separate us yeah. from our roots, you know, and then you, you introduce a new program, you know, and that's the world we're living in. It's pills, right? It's just like, let's just flood, let's flood the streets and flood these people with, I mean, highly expensive patented medicines, right? And we'll enslave them. I mean, you got synthetic heroin ripping through the streets and, right? And you got cannabis outlawed and psilocybin outlawed. It's like, do, do these guys have our back, really? Like, does, does the FDA, do these people really have our backs? Like, so then it's like the question is, is like the, the, the spiritual quest is like, well, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. Right. So is it really, are we going to continue to go down this path and just walk off a cliff and, you know, continue to poison ourselves? Or are we going to find a better way? And that's what we're seeing right now. I think people are realizing that the, the traditional system, the medical system is heavily flawed in politics. Follow the money. You know, and, and then you see how much death and destructions happened along the way. And then you see this this movement, this renaissance around people that are finding nature again. They're reconnecting. You know, it's like reconnecting back to nature. It's, it's highly intelligent, as are we. We've just forgotten. We've forgotten how to be. We've forgotten how to live. And I think these these medicines help help us remind help remind us how inte how intelligent we really are. How you know how yeah. conscious we really are. If, if we just listen, we just 
stop grinding ourselves into the grave and just sit now and then and just be, you know, enjoy yeah. life and create, you know, and just reminders. But we're, we're in this like interesting cycle right now where the old system is falling apart. And there's a new system being introduced to some version of it. There's, a, you know, there's some people call it the new earth. You know, people are starting to reconnect to their ancestral roots is what's happening, you know, and back to their self. It's ultimately comes back to self, right? It's like finding out who we are inside, you know, who we really are, you know, not who society thinks we are. Well said. Now, speaking of intelligence, listen, man, did, did you take any schooling? You really articulate this stuff well. There couldn't be a better spokesman because you're really you're really good at, at making it clear and understandable for people like myself. So do, do you have any schooling at all? No. Great wow. But, okay. I, but I will say, I mean, I have... Not that you seen, need it. I'm just asking. Yeah, no, I, I think maybe just from studying this... There's the, there's the spiritual nature of this work, studying it, like yeah. studying the yoga sutras and Hinduism, Buddhism. So having like a, an understanding, and I grew up Christian, you know, uh, so understanding it from like, you know, reading books, but also living it. Like I, I, yeah. I, I live it, you know, I teach it. I mean, I, I, I practice meditation and yoga and breath work every day and I teach it, um, you know, and, um, and the, you know, the psychedelic experience have just helped me bring more awareness to these practices and, and, and help just, you know, I don't want to say accelerate the spiritual process because I'm not sure if you really can, um, because it does require a work, um, the, 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 the actual work, but I think the, the mixture of studying it and experiencing it, I, I think maybe help, I, I can maybe communicate it a little bit more because if you just read it in a book, you can't articulate it because you don't have the experience, you know, yeah. and if you just have the experience you probably can still probably communicate it better if you just had the experience, but having read, you know, the, 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 the literature and understanding it at least surface level and making sense of it as it pertains to my experiences, I could probably communicate it, um, you know, pretty well now. It took me a while, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and you're passionate about it. You can tell, I think, um, honestly, I, I really respect what you're doing. I think people should listen and, uh, I, I appreciate your time. I just got a few layups for people. When I announced that you were coming on, they just wanted to know this is going to take five minutes at max. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to elaborate. I'm curious on some of it too. And thanks again. Mm -hmm. So you came to St. John's Maple Leafs. Remember you said that. And I looked at the DB. So you played six games. You're right out of junior, but you had five penalty minutes. Who did you fight? Oh, who was that fight? Jeez. Um, how do, I not, how do I not remember this? Um, well, you've been in oh, a lot of them. Yeah, I've been in a lot of them. I should remember that one. Could probably be my my first fight. Um, I know I got pumped. Um, trying to draw a blank. It wasn't Dougie Dell? Um, fuck, who was it? Oh, I know Dougie. <clears throat> Let me think about that one. Uh, yeah, we can come back to it. Um, I could probably find it on oh, hockey fights. You know, you know who it was? It was um, he was it, it was a big, red, red, tough car, carpentier, sharp car, carpentier. Remember that guy? He played in the Montreal system, I think. Totally know exactly. Benjamin, who Benjamin right. Carpentier, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he tough could throw. Team. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. you know, first pro fight losing to that guy isn't a big deal. <laughs> um, you played in Memphis. Did you go to Graceland? I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How yeah, is it? I'm a big Elvis fan, and I, I've only I've been to Tennessee, but haven't been to Memphis. 
Yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, again, uh, I wasn't the biggest Elvis fan growing up, but obviously my, my parents were, and you know, he's bigger than yeah. life type of character. So cruising around his place there and just like it's history. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's history. Man, he's one of the you know obviously the biggest musicians of all time. So it was pretty neat. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, someone asked who you scored your first NHL goal. I know it was Carey Price, but I don't know how it happened. How did that? What kind of a goal was it? Uh, it wasn't actually a bad goal. I mean, the timing it was, you know, like seven, eight minutes left in the third period. I think we're down f- five, one at home in Philly. Actually, a, a pretty decent goal. Um, like went back, got the puck. Uh, I don't know why I was back first, but I broke the puck out to uh, RJ Umberger, jumped up to the middle of the ice, he gave it back, and then I stepped over the line and shot it. Uh, it was a good shot over Carey Price's. Um, a legit okay didn't bounce off your foot go in you scored a goal on on Curry Price yeah it was a legit goal um, but it wasn't a meaningful goal so I you know I scored I didn't even like celebrate I just go line back up and lined up with Steve Beijing I'm like fuck I'm like you want to fight and he's like oh I remember him yeah what do you what do you mean you want to fight you just scored a goal I was like dude I'm like we're down 5-2 and that goal is meaningless to me you know it's like that's (laughs) that's not going to get me playing time next game so it's nice it happened the way it did, and this is it, man. I got one more question for you. I'm just curious myself. Um, do you wear over your Calder Cup ring? Calder Cup is a, is one of these championships no one talks about, and I'm like, man, this is a hard thing to win, and it's still four rounds of playoffs with real rough and tough customers, hockey players that have always said, you know, the regular season to playoffs is a hard thing. The yeah. NHL's on spotlight. The minor leagues, you're doing the same thing. You're taking the same bumps and bruises. You've got a Calder fucking Cup. Mm-hmm. What do you do with the ring? Well, I still got it in my office. Yeah, man, okay. it's, it's, it's meaningful. It was my first year in Philly, 0405 lockout, yeah. you know, arguably you know, the, at that time, the best league in the world. And I just got called out of the Central Hockey League for a 25-game PTO. I met the team in Hartford, like game two of that year. And long <laughs> and short of it, I ended up signing uh, four PTOs throughout that year. And Lana went really? up. Yeah, it was kind of like this interesting story. The four PTO year. Oh, yeah. They didn't give me a contract. Oh, yeah. It's probably the first of its kind. Honestly, they didn't want to. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to commit to signing, what, giving me, what, $40,000 or something? Like, what the hell, dude? Like, but. Uh, I know, was, right? Yo, man. No, oh, but, man. Yeah, it turned out to be an amazing year. You talk about like team chemistry. You got Carter Richards in, in playoffs there. Lana went Remember that? Yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. So. Listen, that's deadly, man. I couldn't have asked to, to end the week, this week of media blitz, any better than have you on the show and uh, talk about something a little bit non-hockey that can educate people. Do you have any? Thank you. Do you have anything else to add before we go? No, I, I appreciate you having me on and, and talking with this. I mean, as you know, like the mental health crisis is real. I mean, really? guys are going through it. And if they weren't going through it pre-COVID, I mean, it's exasperated and I think, you know, the fact that you're talking about this and willing to talk about this, you have a big following and, um, you know, if it just plants one or two seeds, you know, I think it's just something to put on your map and explore, you know, don't take my word for it. Um, do your research uh, because there's something, there's something, there's something there that's beyond anything that the establishment has uh, offered us. So we, we need to do better for our people and we need to, we need to, we need to help uh, everyone out. It's not just this is beyond hockey. This is uh, this is glo- this is global, right? When we're suffering as a species, so if we can raise a little more conscious, bring more a little more love and awareness into the world, uh, the world will be a better place. So appreciate the platform. Well said, Riley Cote. Thanks very much. I appreciate it, my man. I love doing yeah. your podcast. The podcast is called the Nasty Knuckles Podcast. Check it out, folks. 
consider it uh, volume one of this conversation that uh, that we had. I talked a lot about myself, but of course, if you're into this podcast and you like this conversation, there's a similar one just around the corner, the Nasty Knuckles podcast. Thank you very much, Riley. Hope to talk to you again sometime. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thank you. See you, my friend. See ya. Okay, folks, that was Riley Cote. Legend of Riley Cote continues to get bigger and bigger, and I love what he's doing. And, uh, of course, most of his impact on us fans and the human race in general will be because of things that he's doing off the ice. I think he's an innovator, and I think there's a lot more where that came from. Okay, folks, if you're downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, and you want to have a beer, go to the Trinity Pub. Turkey Joe's, go to Rob Roy Confusion. Why not try Green Sleeves? My God, I'm drawing a blank. I do this every week. Echo to Green Sleeves. Check out the Martini Bar. Check out the Bull and Barrel. Trinity Pub. Of course, if you're going to go for a bite to eat, start with the Loose Tie. Try out Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. Those are my favorite places to go in town. Wedgwood Cafe, of course, is on Elizabeth Avenue. And Peter also does catering. Peter Wedgwood, Wedgwood Cafe. <clears throat> if you want to change your life, you want to work out, you want to work hard, or you just want to continue working hard and you want a different environment, look no further than Rope Walk Lane. Because you know what's on Rope Walk Lane? Power conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind. Check out Ryan Power at Power Conditioning. Of course, folks, Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quick. quit. Pitbullpainrelief.com. Check it out. See what all the fuss is about. And of course, true hockey. Take what's yours. I'll be back in just a few days, revamped, rested, and uh, ready to spew more tales with Tierra. Folks, this has been one of the best weeks of my life, even though it's been tiring. And last Sunday was probably the, um, the best memory I have surrounding any sport that I've ever played. And uh, I appreciate you all following along. And uh, hopefully there's more stories in the tank yet. Not on the ice, of course, but uh, maybe off the ice as far as acting, ball hockey, uh, books, um, speeches, whatever it might be. I look forward to life after retirement now <laughs> as if I saw this coming for 20 years in all seriousness I got to retire on my own terms and you know how I feel about that fucking awesome thanks for tuning in be back in just a few days with more Tales with TR catch you guys on the rebound <laughs>